This podcast is sponsored by... Don't you wish there was a way to get cash to buy the things you need without tapping into your hard-earned savings? Well, you've wished it into being. NCCU's cash-secured loans are only 5% interest, covered by your cash. Use your savings, deposits, fixed deposits, or member retirement account to secure your loan. Walk in, apply, set your repayment terms, get your cash. Terms and conditions apply. Visit nccudominica.com or any branch today. All my Black Island girls, don't ever let anyone tell you that you are not good enough or you cannot make it. Don't ever stop believing in your dreams. Plant your roots and watch your dreams grow and your aspirations blossom. I want to shout out to all the Black hairdressers and cosmetologists out there. I know that the pandemic has been tough for many of you with your businesses being forced to shut down. It has been a roller coaster, and I am praying for you. Thank you to my faithful listener, you. You return each episode, you download, you support. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. I must warn you, I code switch a lot. Let's get to it. gosh um i can't remember the first but i do remember more occasions i think i was maybe about eight seven or eight when i got my first perm and i remember before that just having a lot of adults saying wow this is some tough hair because <laughs> i have that kind of in-between hair texture it's not quite you know soft silky it grows but it grows thick very, very, very thick. So probably you can just take a little brush and gel it back and do a cute little style. It doesn't do all that. So when I was getting, like, it was, it was much harder when I was a kid too because it didn't really have like a, a solid curl pattern that we knew of. A solid curl pattern, the plight of almost every Black girl. Many of us relax our hair as children to achieve what we call making it manageable. You're about to learn about Canadian-born Serena Green, Cece, as she's affectionately referred to by her family. Serena's parents are both Dominican. I sat down in her chair about two years ago to get four locks, and I was so impressed with her. Serena has been goal-oriented and mission-driven. Not even a pandemic could stop her. She is a hairstylist, to top athletes like the Toronto Raptors, just to name drop. And just recently, she was featured on Yahoo Finance. Let me introduce you to Breda Galvin. There's a, a handful of occasions that I knew that it was something special to me. Uh, definitely going to my old hairstylist and um, just watching her use all the tools and seeing the transformations. I used to love watching other people get their hair done. That was a big thing for me. Um, I used to overanalyze when she'd be in my hair, just watching the way she'd move with the comb, like everything. It just, all together, I knew it was something that I really liked to watch. And I'm very technical. I've always been very hands-on with things. So I used to create a lot of little things when I was younger, you know. 23-year-old Serena has been a hairstylist since she was a teenager. She focuses on natural hair. 
She has the ability to create braided hairstyles that represent cultural diversity and style. But how did she really get into this hair business? I am not a hair person. I am very bad with hair. You know, my kids, you know, that, that's their biggest complaint that, you know, mommy, you can't braid. You can do anything with hair because I always had my hair short. You know, I never, I, I never, I never even tried. This was Hilly, Serena's mom. Young, she would start by, um, uh, you know, her sister had a lot of babies because, you know, and really, is the sort of person she would save all her babies and have them in boxes, you know, all lined up. And then Serena got into them. So she would take her scissors and she would start to give them haircuts. It started with the haircuts. And then as she got older, she started to braid it because she thought, you know what, let me, you know, so she started to practice on the braids. But yeah, she was always into doing something with the hair, doing something, whether it's to cut it or braid it. Serena started as a barber to Barbies. Yes, her sister Rhea's dolls. And later on, she would try her hand at braiding their hair. I used to collect Barbies almost like OCD. I used to like have them lined up in my closet, in the box, not touch. I never really did the whole like playing Barbies in the house. I would just have them like, you know, trophies. So I would go to school and Sissy would be home some days. And I would come home and I would literally just see, I just hear like banging in my closet, like doing stuff. And I would go in there in my room and I would just see my Barbies splashed everywhere. Some with cut styles, some with braids, some with, with paint, some with marker, some, but all of their hair pretty much, pretty much gone or, <laughs> or some kind of style. But she definitely started with dolls. So once I started to get into hair, I remember I had a doll head that I started to, um, <laughs> I started to put heat to. <laughs> I did my first paid job when I was 13. I didn't know what I was doing. It took two days. I was, we had to split it in half, some single braids I did for somebody because I used to touch up my own hair and whatnot. Uh, I remember them asking me and I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea, but we can try. But um, yeah, I would definitely say I, I fell in love with it after seeing my hairstylist in action. Serena didn't always have natural hair. She got her first perm when she was a young girl. Her mom had allowed her to get a hair relaxer because it would have been easier to maintain. It was just, maybe you could say a lazy mom, you know, I just want to get the thing easy, easily done, you know. <laughs> I'm being honest here, right? I go to work. I'm in a hurry, you know what I mean? <laughs> You have two jobs, you got to run here, run there, you know, do this, do that. You know, you just want to get them to manage their own hair, which, as I said, I'm not a hair person. So that hair thing is def, you know, her doing her hair stuff, it, def it definitely was not, um, it's not from me. She didn't learn anything from me. She really had to learn because uh, that's the way it is, because that's, uh, you know, she had to do it for herself. Can I remember the first term? Um, I'm trying to remember who did it and when it happened. I know it happened pretty young. She was probably again, like six or seven, maybe seven. I don't know who did it, but I know her and her cousin, I think did it together, her and son. So I, I think it was just a deal where same thing, they just, the hair was tough and we need to pass a perm in it. I had my perm the same, for the same reason. 
You see, many young girls share this experience, but not all anticipate the extreme damage that hair relaxes can cause. Some girls get mild to severe scalp burns from using a perm or may even develop dermatitis that may result from hair relaxes drying out your scalp just to achieve straight hair. I remember being older and experiencing the burning. I think maybe I just kind of repressed the old memories. I do remember being like 10, 12, 13. And that's when I stopped um, getting that perm. And I think the second last time I got a perm, I did get scabbing when it, it burns to the point where it, it leaves scabs. And I knew something was wrong. Serena, I think, developed like a dermatitis or something on her head. It was like sort of this white plaque sort of uh, crust. And she would do a lot of, so she permed, we permed her hair. And Cece, again, they would go and hide and grab products and spray in her head like she would use, like we used to use the olive oil, you know, the olive oil spray. So she decided that as a young girl, she said, make my hair shiny, shiny, clean. She sprayed on her scalp and that definitely burned her scalp. Um, you know, there's there's been times when she's in there, you know, we were worried because she, like I said, she had like this film and I think it was some kind of dermatitis. It eventually cleared up, but she's, her hair has been through a lot. Um, I witnessed that and I was kind of scared when I saw it. Serena's hair went through its own trauma, but she used her personal experiences to learn more about hair, knowledge that she's passed on to her friends and eventually her clients. Um, well, to start off, I didn't know I had a curl pattern of any sort. So I actually, I, I grew up in a predominantly Filipino school. So I'd always tell everybody my hair was straight. It was naturally straight. It just, it doesn't curl. It doesn't do all that. And then my roots started to grow out and I left them. And I remember saying, cause I, you know, when you see, you start to see the transition. So you have a little bit of hair and it starts to loop and then the rest is just pinned straight. Um, once I started to see that, I realized like, wow, there's, there's something under here that I've never seen in my, my years that like, I can comprehend what's going on. What was going on? What exactly was this growing out of her scalp? Me and Rhea, my sister, and Nyla, my cousin, we just started, uh, Nyla did a twist out for me, and you could see the transition in the textures, and my sister just cut it off. And I was very excited about it. I was 15, I believe. And I have not touched perm since. Best decision I've made. She was in love with her natural hair. She had fallen in love with hair and learned to style all hair types and textures. I wasn't surrounded by hair that looked like just mine. So it allowed me to offer services to start to everybody. And once I was able to do that, um, I think it brought my business and my brand to be as inclusive and universal as it is. So once I started to get into that, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed hair because there was, there was not only just, you know, working with black hair. There was working with straight hair, fine hair, coarse hair of all races. Serena desperately wanted to start her own business. But her mom, Healy, she was not having it. Education played a huge part in her upbringing, and that meant that she would have to attend university. So off she went to Windsor in the summer of 2014 
to pursue a degree in sociology. She didn't want to go. At first, yeah, it was more like she wanted to do, um, you know, she wanted to go to college. She wanted to take some time. She wanted to. But I said, you know, at at this point, you have to uh, follow. You, you, you went to school. You did, you know, whatever you were doing was geared towards university. You're going to go follow that. And then when you're done, you know, when you're done, you can decide what else you want to do. Although when she was done and she said what she wanted to do, there was still a, another fight. Haley had her own plans for Serena, but it would take a lot more convincing to get her into law school. All about me. Because I was supposed to be a lawyer and I didn't. So therefore, you guys have to do what I didn't do. That, you know, so it's a bit of selfishness, but I mean, that's what it is. That's how we think. And But I have to say, I, you know, with my sister, Bernadine, she goes, you know, uh, you have to allow the kids to express themselves and, you know, do. So she, you know, she's the calming person in the family. And she goes, you know, she has to do what, you know, what she feels she wants to do. And later on, if she wants to change up, she will... She will change and she'll do something else. And of course, I have to tell you, my daughter Ria was also, uh, you know, she was with me. Yeah, Serena, uh, you know, you know, I think you should go to law school. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Everybody has come to terms that, you know, that's, uh, you know, what she wanted to do. And, and she's comfortable, you know, when she decides that she wants to do something else. Then, uh, you know, it's an open field. The moment she set foot at Windsor University, her hair business, it took off. Serena grew popular on campus. It was at university she became Breda Galrin. Well, the name Rin came from an old teammate of mine, a basketball teammate of mine. She would just call me Rin. But there was, <laughs> there was a girl at my university. She was one of the first girls whose hair I did. And I think I charged her $30 for a set of single braids and it took us like eight hours. I remember being finished and she was just like, whoa, ready, gal, okay, okay, this actually looks so good. That's where it came about. <laughs> and I just put the two together and it just sounded pretty good. Serena's skills would spread like wildfire across campus, especially among the Black students. And soon enough, everyone was coming to her for their hairstyles. Going to the university, her, uh, the, the support was there. In other words, you know, like I remember her, her tuition is paid for, her food is paid for, you know, so um, everything is sort of um, prepaid. Uh, if she wants to come home, you know, she grab a bus, you know, she has a visa, she can use whatever. So these things were in, in place. But then the little extras that she had to go clubbing and buying clothes and, and online shopping, you know, that's the sort of thing that I was unaware of. When I became aware of it, then I realized, whoa, you're making quite a bit of money because she was at the point where she could actually buy herself a car. So she did. Yeah, she did buy her car. Um, I think it was the it was the second year of university. She did buy her car um, from doing her, her hair business. Healy had serious concerns about her daughter getting into the hair business. I'll tell you what. Uh, the thing is, I have, um, you know, uh, I think the first thing that went to my mind was that, okay, how, how, do, how do we put this? We have one daughter who is um, going to medical school, and I have the other one who says that she wants to braid here. But 
you know, so that in itself, that kind of didn't sit very well with me. And also the fact that I thought after a while she would get tired of it. And another thing uh, for me that I looked at was her sitting in a shop for like day in and day out. I, I, you know, her personality, I don't know if that was what, uh, you know, what she would like for all, for the rest of her life, not the rest of her life, but for the foreseeable um, future. I didn't see that. But then she had other plans. Her plans were not exactly to, uh, you know, sit around and do one, one or whatever. Her plans was more to take it to another level, which I didn't see at the time because all I saw was, you know, sitting in a shop, braiding here, you know, uh, yeah, you make money, but, you know, uh, uh, what is, how long are you going to want to do that, you know, before you start getting injury, you know, hand injury and, you know, stuff like that. So you think long-term as a parent, you know, um, uh, that, that was the situation. <laughs> the one senior thing in you is like, okay, I have three kids, I'm going to have two lawyers and I'm going to have one doctor and that's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, once I started to realize that it, it, it was all about hair, it was always about hair. But the university degree was from my family and from my mom. She wanted to see it the most. And I had no intention of giving up in the midst of it. So I got it done. But I also included what I enjoyed doing. And it balanced and worked perfectly. I met a lot of people from all over Ontario. I feel like that really, really helped my overall business. Just because when I came back home, I had people coming to me for services from every direction. Um, and my name was able to kind of spread out there. I found Windsor, University of Windsor had a lot of um, black students from Brampton. So the networking wasn't that difficult coming back home with that under my belt, but it was, it was, a, lot of, it was a lot of dirty work in, in Windsor. It was a lot of slaving and very, very cheap costs for very, very long, intricate jobs, but I'm happy I got it all done there. Once I returned back to Toronto, I had a newfound understanding of how to base my services with everything else with price with like time frames like what do I like to do what do I just like to do I learned it all out there and I came back very solid Windsor had become her playground to practice and master her craft the perfect start but honestly I um Sissy kind of blew up before me because I wasn't really present yeah, remember, I was um, in the States, so I would kind of see what you're doing from afar. Like, I would jump on her page and be like, whoa. Definitely. I'm like a fan. I mean, I'm like, you know, like anybody else, I'm like, wow. Like, I, I every day, I'm like, are you serious? Like, it's, I'm shocked. So, um, it doesn't surprise me when it comes to her skills, but it what what it, what's, what's really inspiring and what's really, um, you know, just incredible is just her ability to sort of finesse and her professionalism to get to um, that level of, you know, being able to do certain clients who are, of course, in the public eye and all that. Because it's not just skill at that point, it's professionalism. And, and so that speaks volumes to her, her abilities. So when you ask me how I feel, I feel really proud. And I, I, I'm, I'm always starstruck now. See, Rhea is not the only one impressed with Serena's work. Serena has done the hair of a handful of Toronto Raptors, Stanley Johnson, players of the New York Mets, Marcus Stroman, 
and Wonder Girl, who is the producer for Travis Scott, just to name a few. She has become hairstylist to the stars, and that includes packing her bags and traveling across the country for professional gigs. Honestly, word of mouth is a big thing, but just being very transparent, that's always like my motto. Just being very open and shameless, sending out DMs, um, meeting people at parties and going straight to them face to face. It's no shame. <laughs> it helps a lot. It helps a lot. Um, reaching out to barbers. Reaching out to barbers helps a lot and working alongside men because the field is so broad. You know what I mean? There's a, they always kind of need like a female presence. So like a lot of barbers in the city, especially the ones that do celebrity clients and athletes and whatnot, they're always looking for the most responsible hairstylist that they know to fulfill um, what these people may need. And I feel like in the city right now for natural hair, I'm probably number one when it comes to just being contacted for certain people. That's how I, I got to this point. It wasn't, I didn't do it by myself. But I also, when I did get into these places, I made sure I made my mark. Serena recently launched her own line of hair extensions. So what's next for Brita Gavin? Like, I would like to go to Africa just to see, you know, things go down when it comes to hair. Like, I would specifically go to places, industries that are involved in hair just to see what's organic, see what's, you know, mainstream. That's what I would like to do. And then I know later in time, it'll be to open a shop of my own and, you know what I mean, have my own establishment. But I need to do everything that I won't have the energy for when I'm older right now. She is talented and is constantly reinventing herself. She has created her own niche. She is a Black Island girl. Thank you for listening to Black Island Girl Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend or another Black Island girl. Until next time.